News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Should we be worried about the health of the world's second largest economy, China? It's officially in deflation and interest rates are going down in order to stoke up a very weak economy which is facing a huge property crash thanks to a mountain of debt. If it plunges into recession, it would almost certainly affect the rest of the world. I spoke to the former Goldman Sachs strategic advisor Jens Nordvik, who now runs a think tank called Exante, and I began by asking him whether we should be worried about what's going on with the Chinese economy. There's a lot of people who who think about, oh, okay, we're going to have another global financial crisis like we had in 2008, and I think that's a, that's the wrong way of approaching it because every crisis is different. Policymakers learn from their mistakes in the past, right? So the type of crisis we had back then in a way, is the most unlikely one to repeat itself. But China, in a way, made a big, big mistake that was triggered by the global financial crisis because they got so scared of the downturn that they saw in 2008, 2009, that they embarked on one of the biggest stimulus processes the the history of the world has ever seen. And it's a, in a way what we're seeing now in China is a hangover from that mega stimulus that they did 2009, 10, 11, 12. They have so much credit in the system. They have so much overbuilding of residential real estate that there's really no easy solution here, right? Like we, we I think we've all seen the, the pictures of the ghost towns in China, right? Where there's empty apartment buildings. And we've also seen them literally demolishing them because they know that the overbuilding is so extreme that there's not really a demand solution to it. But the bottom line is, since we're not going to have a dramatic crisis situation like we had in the United States and many other economies around 2008, it's going to be a drawn-out process, a drawn-out process where this oversupply is going to take many, many years to kind of correct. And you're starting to see absolutely warning signs of that. You essentially have all the big real estate companies in China are teetering on bankruptcy or already bankrupt, right? So from that perspective, it's actually more dramatic than 2008 in the United States. Because people saw during lockdown that there was too much dependence on China for it, much of the materials that we consume in North America and in Europe. So there's a lot of talk of nearshoring and the kind of decoupling of China from the Western world. I just wonder whether that's part of the Chinese thinking in beefing up the so-called BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, which of course added five or six new members today, uh, and whether that's a deliberate policy from Beijing to try and create a, a, a bipolar world in which it is absolutely dominant. We've been through a couple of uh, decades of, of globalization from 95 to a couple of years ago. We, we had a situation where trade links were getting more and more global and supply chains were getting more and more global, right? And now we've had a shift. And you mentioned sort of the the bad experience during the COVID years where supply chains couldn't take it as as a reason, right? 
we also have a war in Europe that has highlighted, okay, uh, maybe uh, we actually have such political differences that just pretending that those differences don't exist at the trade levels, perhaps not, perhaps not the smartest. And there's obviously a Taiwan issue that feed into that. And I think in that context, it's very logical that China is trying to kind of exert a degree of dominance, not in relation to the EU and the US, where it's hard for them to do so, but in relation to all these small economies around the world, right? So, Less democratic economies. Yeah, less democratic and countries that are even more reliant on China than European countries would be. And that could be for their infrastructure needs, obviously. It could be for their military needs, even in some cases, right? And yeah, uh, China is, is definitely on a long-term mission to create those connections globally as a counterweight to the Western, US-led uh, dominance that had been the, the way of the world for a while. In terms of internal machinations and internal politics, Jens, there was an unwritten deal between the Chinese Communist Party and the populace of China, whereby we will grow the economy for you, we will raise your living standards. We will employ you. We will ensure that you have money in your pocket and you can have near Western standards of living, but don't raise your head above the parapet politically. And I'm just wondering if you face into a decade of stagnation, and maybe even similar to what happened in Japan, uh, whether that unwritten compact might be broken between the populace and the party. Over the last couple of weeks, there's been data released on fertility in China. It used to be that the trend looked very bad around 1.3, 1.4 per woman. Mm -hmm. And now it's shifted like in two years time down to 1.1. Now it's one of, uh, really one of the worst countries in, in the entire world on that front. That, I think, has to reflect like a, a profound fear of the future. What else can explain such a big shift in fertility in such a short period of time? And that is something that doesn't really get measured. We don't have any data that measure, like consumer confidence is a data that, by the way, has been canceled, similar to how youth unemployment has been canceled. But the fertility rate, in a way, to me, is like a grand summary of confidence. And confidence is rock bottom in China as I see it. And I think one thing that's very important is what is going to be the exodus from China in terms of capital coming out from Chinese residents, the degree to which authorities allow that, and also the degree to which, you know, smart people, human resources start to leak out of China. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Should we be worried about the health of the world's second largest economy, China? It's officially in deflation and interest rates are going down in order to stoke up a very weak economy, which is facing a huge property crash thanks to a mountain of debt. If it plunges into recession, it would almost certainly affect the rest of the world. I spoke to the former Goldman Sachs strategic advisor Jens Nordvik, who now runs a think tank called Exante, and I began by asking him whether we should be worried about what's going on with the Chinese economy. 